Welcome to the very first episode of Fast Friends Podcast, the podcast where I try to make friends with people very, very quickly. Since this is a quest for me to make friends, I thought it only made sense to have my very best friend Jared on as the first guest to talk about our friendship and get any advice and red flags he has for me after 20 plus years of putting up with me as a friend. So I'm very happy to bring on my best friend, Jared Rollins. Jared, Welcome to Fast Friends Podcast. Thanks for having me, Logan. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, let's roll. I have known you almost my entire life. We grew up in the same hometown. Probably have known you since I was about five. We've lived together, gone to school together, worked together, had a couple drinks together, and have plenty and plenty of stories. And so for me, I wanted to just start my podcast off and pick your brain and kind of say like, hey, here's what I'm doing. You obviously know me better than almost anyone on the planet, probably. And just really understand what like what are the things that I can bring to the table as I'm trying to go out and make new friends? And what are the things that I really need to watch out for? So, you know, we'll get to that. I think we could start just kind of by talking about our friendship, though. So, yeah, we grew up in the same town of 600 ish people. Very, very small town in uh, in southeast Indiana. So, yes, one of the towns where there's no stop lights. There are only stop signs. Zero stoplights and stop signs that sometimes do go missing, I've heard. So Jared's a year younger than me in school, not in age. But like you missed the because of where your birthday falls, you always fell grade behind me. So we didn't really talk a lot through school. I think it's fair to say that we actually probably weren't friends until high school when we were in the yearbook class together. Yeah, your yearbook class, I think, was when we really first started talking and being friends. That was, uh, I believe, my junior year, maybe your senior year. Yeah, that sounds right. Because you had to be a junior to be on yearbook staff, correct? Correct, yeah. And also, shout out to Mr. Nicholson, Ron Nicholson. He put together a good, uh, a good yearbook crew. He really did. And we had some great times with him. Yearbook, for me, quite frankly, was just an excuse to be able to leave school and get lunch in the middle of the day. No more cafeteria lunch. No we could more. go quote unquote sell ads. Then that's why we had to eat out. So for people that didn't go to our high school, you weren't allowed to leave the school to get lunch off campus. But because we were selling ads on behalf of the yearbook, it occurred over lunch periods. And so we we really had to. Had to. We had to. That was the only way we were going to get to eat and sell ads. And we had to support the businesses in order to get their ad ad dollars. Absolutely. It's a it's a win-win situation for both. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. That's how it works. And so we would leave at the beginning of yearbook, go to Snappy Tomato Pizza <laughs> or Taco Bell, wherever. Just really, honestly, I'll go ahead and confess this. We can really sell ads. Like, were there ads in the yearbook? I don't even remember. Somebody's dad or mom had to pay for some ads. That's where they came from. They sure didn't come from me. No. Well, what would happen is all the people that were on yearbook staff would basically just meet up at one restaurant and hang out for almost the entire lunch break. And then we would come scrambling back in like five minutes before the bell rang. And that's how I remember it. Is that, am I making this up? You're spot on. Thank you, Ron Nicholson. <sighs> Thank you, Ron. You're the man. Thank you, Ron Nicholson. I, 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 I look back and I'm very happy to have been selected for such yeah. a prestigious class. That's a good point because your book is not just anybody. We didn't just let anybody in. This was like the upper echelon of our high school. We had standards. We had, st we had standards for Sure, but not enough to not eat at Snappy Tomato Pizza. Our standards were low when it came to culinary. So yearbook is when you and I started becoming friends, had known each other forever. Your mom, the biggest sweetheart, I had known her forever too because she worked in the community. And so like we would see her at the store and obviously we had sports and all that stuff. But in yearbook, we both discovered uh, that we were big fans of professional wrestling. Ding, ding, ding. And this is when wrestling, just for everybody listening, was actually kind of cool. 
at this time. Like it was during the Monday Night Wars. So, you know, you had WCW on Monday Nitro. Uh, you had WWF at the time, Raw. And so I think maybe I wore like a Degeneration X shirt or something to school one day. Yeah, you couldn't go to, to high school in America without seeing wrestling shirts no. all over the place. No, and I think that's when you – because it was the red – I remember this now. It was the black one with the red big X. And I remember you saying like, I didn't know you watched wrestling. Uh, yeah, that's honestly how we started – talking and we became friends through that not to play on the title of this podcast very fast very quickly very very quickly very quickly because i think two things i think we both liked the idea of like going to shows and needed somebody to go with us and also we were both stupid enough to pay a lot of money for tickets mm-hmm. like that were good seats i very quickly learned at that point because i i had not gone to to a wrestling event live at that point in time, even as a child, it was a, I was a big wrestling fan, but my parents never took me. So the, the first time I went to a wrestling event was with you. And do you remember which one was our first uh, that we went to together? The the first one I recall was us going to Cincinnati Gardens sometime in uh, 1998, I believe. The part I remember the most was Ken Shamrock at that time. Was yes doing his uh, in the zone gimmick. And you and you and I, of course, had front row seats. And of course we did. I played into the in the zone gimmick and yelled at him quite a bit. Yeah. But I I quickly learned from that experience that if I'm going to go to a wrestling event, I need good seats. Especially an untelevised. Yes. Because that's when you get the feed off of the crowd. I remember that event, actually. I had just gotten a new hat from American Eagle. And I remember that at that time, Edge and Christian were part of The Brood, I believe. Yes. Uh, And so they would do the big, like, blood spit. And I remember that the blood from it got on my hat. And I was furious yes like furious i was wearing the dx barcode shirt i believe i like that shirt. to that event yeah and had the blood all over that which ended up being a treasured item until it disappeared amongst my many moves oh geez so that was it man like it you know that's where it started and just never looked back like we started hanging out a lot we would watch wrestling together we would go to shows together and we just started like spending a lot of time together i feel like i was like at your house you were at my house like hanging out we'd go into parties doing all that all that stuff because at this point like i was also leaving high school and going to college again i was a year ahead of you going to college locally well that's a long story it's a whole separate episode but i ended up going to college locally and so we still hung out a lot and i ended up hanging out a lot with with people from your class right like who were also still my friends but like i hadn't hung out with as much directly so i feel like i spent the first part of my college years honorable mention honorable mention yeah yeah i was like an honorable mention senior Two times. Yeah, you you were at uh, Mount St. Joe, west side of Cincinnati, and we were still in the uh, in high school there in southeast Indiana. So it wasn't a very far drive either way for us to come hang out with you or for you to come out to one of the high school house parties. Yes, that were, which were prevalent. plentiful. Yeah, yeah, plentiful. There's one of my favorite moments ever from our friendship happened out, I believe, at Jesse Chipman's house. That was Y2K New Year's Eve. Y- the Y2K. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Jesus, we're old. Yes, Um, we're that old. We are that old. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to college. You're in high school. I remember distinctly one of the times that we went to a college party through some of the college friends was the night before you were taking your ACT. This was at Hot Chad's house. Nobody else listening will get that, but it's fine. I don't remember his last name. It didn't stop me from scoring well on the ACT for the record. Well, that's where I was going with this. So we're at this party. Was it in like Loveland, Ohio? Yeah, which is far. 
the land of love, which is for those of you not familiar with Cincinnati, is on the east side of Cincinnati. The east side of Cincinnati. So all the way across the city. When you think about like where you were living in high school, this was a solid hour to hour, hour to hour and a half. I was going to say hour to hour and 15 minutes, but it was a pack of lunch drive. So we go to this party. One of my friends was dating Chad at the time. And so we hung out with the same group of characters, which was an amazing group of people. And we went to this party. I remember that somebody had to leave the party and ended up wrecking a car. Do you remember this? They were parked on the street. I'm not remembering this part. Okay. So here's what happened. I don't remember who it was, but somebody had to leave. And so they, they go to get in their car to leave. And it wasn't like a big wreck. I like oversold that baby. What they did was basically when they were trying to like get out of the parking spot, they ended up like bumping somebody else's car. And so the person whose car it was called the cops. Bad news for everybody. Bad news for everybody. But especially those of us who were 18 and 17. Kind of a dick move really when you think about it to call the cops. I think so too. But that's, you know, water under the bridge. Correct. I wish I remembered who it was. So we start like, nope, we're getting the hell out of here. We are not going to jail for this. You know, I'm not going to jail in Loveland. That's for sure. <laughs> it's probably pretty cushy. So I think I, I was driving that night. We ended up leaving. We didn't know where we were going. This was before like GPS. So we kind of just had to wing it. There was no whipping out your cell phone to, look no. to MapQuest. No, it does not exist. Uh, maybe we did have MapQuest where you could like put it in ahead of time and print it out. And then you had to take the printout in your car. I think that's what it was. But so I remember we left. It's really late. I remember, and it probably was because I was the one that drove, you were really, really drunk. That was usually the case <laughs> whenever we would go out. There were very few occasions where I was not really, really drunk. Yeah, you were really drunk. And so I remember thinking like, dude, he's got to get up at like, I don't know, seven. Was it like seven o'clock or something to get the ACT the next day? Had to be. And so... I don't think you got home till late. You know what I think it was? So to fast forward, Jared ends up getting up, going and taking his ACT. What was your score, Jared, after a night of drinking? So the the overall ACT, I got a 35. Out of? 36. Out of 36. And I did get a perfect 36 on the math portion. Not that anyone cares about that 20 years later, but I still look at it fondly as the, the height of my academic career. You know, I got a 21 on my ACT. That was all. I took it one time and then I was done. I think, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's the tweet. Yep, that's it. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take credit, though, for your excellent test scores because I do remember very fondly stopping at White Castle on the way home. Always brain fuel. Always brain. There was a guy that worked at White Castle on the overnight shift who looked like Bob Holly, who's a professional wrestler. I don't know if he still works there or not. I don't go to that White Castle anymore. But I we definitely got food and took you home. And I, I really think that's probably what happened and what made you really perform, overperform the next day. Luckily for us, he did not have Bob Holly's demeanor and did not <laughs> beat us into submission for ordering 30 White Castles. I have heard that Bob Holly is actually a very nice guy. I've never met him, so I've heard he's actually very, very great to work with. So who knows? All I know are rumor and innuendo. So the ACT feeds into then you obviously get accepted to every school I think that you apply to, of course, and um, end up going to, well, you, I mean, you tell it. Yeah. Where, where'd you go? Uh, so after careful consideration of all my options, I chose to take my talents to Northwestern University in Chicago. Northwestern University. Which yep. lasted all of two quarters before I decided this place ain't for me. Yeah. So this is one of the things that I think, and I need you to tell me yes or no. I think this is one of those decisions that like your dad definitely resents me for. Like I still believe to this day he thinks that it was my fault that you left there and moved back to Cincinnati. I don't know if he still feels that way to this day, but there was definitely uh, hard feelings at the time. That was definitely a turning point 
point in my relationship with my father. <laughs> wow. So you come back. We go to the same school at this point for the next however many years. <laughs> I definitely did not finish in four. You know, we spent a lot of time hanging out, incurring debt, traveling the country. And why did we incur debt? Yeah, we were always going on wrestling trips. Duh. Exactly. It was like, I mean, honestly, some of my student loans paid for wrestling trips. I'll say it. Yeah, American Education Services. You're the you're the uh, MVP. They were kind of like a make a wish for me. I got to go to WrestleMania twice on their dime. I mean, I paid it back, but right. I didn't have the money to front for that. So one of our first big trips was WrestleMania 15, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. This is before like internet pre-sales and all of the stuff and like you know how WrestleMania sells out now in like 17 seconds or whatever. They had announced that they were going to be that it was going to be in Philadelphia and that they were going to be selling tickets at a Sunday night heat taping at the first union center. And so naturally we were like, we need to go to the Sunday night heat so that we can get the paper form to buy the tickets. Yes. Cause it was a local on sale early, early local on sale in Philadelphia. There was no calling to order. There was no ordering online. There was standing in line in Philadelphia only yeah, yeah, yeah. to get the tickets. So we did, we took a Greyhound, which was fun. We um, survived barely. 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 We did have, there were two friends of ours who were female that went with us, one of who had her life threatened mm-hmm. because she was allegedly kicking the seat of the person in front of her. And he not so politely stood up and told her that nobody would miss her and that he would definitely kill her at the next time that the bus stopped. Yes. She didn't stop kicking his seat. Imagine that threat, but only a hundred times more violently. Yeah. Violence isn't my thing. So, um, that was a terrible trip. We wanted to like fly home. We had zero money. I mean, it was just a nightmare. We did make it home. Thank God. We went back for, for WrestleMania. One of the most mediocre WrestleManias probably, I wouldn't say it's terrible, but it's definitely not great. I mean, there were some great matches. Yeah. The most memorable part of that, of course, was that the main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin against The Rock. Yeah, which, like, who can forget that? Historic moment. Amazing. But I remember coming home from that trip, and at this point, I was still in high school. Yes. You were, I think, between colleges at that (laughs) point. Yes. I also had a lot of colleges vying for my attendance. Yes. So I flew back into Cincinnati. Well, we both flew back into Cincinnati. And from the airport, you took me to school that day, to my first class. So Were you late? I'm sure I was at least sure, a little yeah. bit late. I probably did get a steak, egg, and cheese bagel, though, from McDonald's. No egg. No egg. Yeah. But, you know, you, can, you have to order it the way it is on the menu. Okay. So, I mean, we could talk about wrestling forever, but let's talk about some of the other things that happened. One of my favorite stories of all time is definitely from Jesse Chipman's Y2K party. I don't know if I'm allowed to say Jesse Chipman's name, but I'm just going to unless he contacts me and says not to. So at this time, we were 19. So we're at Jesse Chipman's hanging out. Lots of people. Somebody went to get White Castle also there. MVP. We're standing out in the field, right? Cause, yeah. Because at this point, it's after midnight and we're all just happy, honestly, that like the world didn't implode. Correct. I, do you remember? Like, I remember going to this party because, again, cell phones and stuff, like, we had them, but they weren't, like, where we are now. And I remember, like, we had, like, contingency plans, like, with my parents and stuff. I do remember us anxiously watching the ball drop as a group in the yep. house and thinking there's probably only a slim chance that anything bad is going to happen, but there's still the chance. So even as intoxicated as we all were, there was still that pang of concern. And luckily it did not. Nothing happened. It was, you know, we were all fine. And I feel like it was actually the ball drop that prompted this next conversation because we were all there as friends. I feel like most people weren't together. There were some couples there, but as normally happens when the ball drops, if you're there with your significant other, you kiss at midnight. And 
there were several girls there who did not have anyone to kiss. Did they not or were did they just not choose to kiss the people that were there? Well, I mean, clearly there were people they could have kissed. Yeah. I would have kissed almost any girl there probably. Probably, yeah. Out of the ones that I'm thinking of. At least 85% of the girls there I would have so, kissed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. And we won't use names to protect no. the innocent in this situation. Correct. Because Correct. even though it's roughly 21 years later, I am not about to get some hate mail from some of these girls. So the way I remember it is there it was like complaining, like nobody wants to make out with me at midnight. That's how I remember it. As, as many people are when they have had too much to drink, they're... There are different types of drunks, and it just so happened that all four of these girls apparently were get depressed when they drink type of drunks. I know a lot of girls that were like that. I wasn't going to go there. But no, it's fine. You're, you're secure. You're a married man, so you can That's make true. those That's kind true. of comments. But but That's but true. these four these four ladies were were definitely wallowing mm-hmm. a bit in their misery, and I am want to do at times when I drink. I was going to say, speaking of types of drunks, you, would you like to describe the type of drunk that well, I? Can I mean, be? I'm sure because I think I think I was the one that actually coined it potentially. Yes. So Jared has a tendency, as we've established, Jared's really smart. But when Jared would drink, he turns to almost like a lecturer, like not in a bad way, not like in a, but it's like he's telling you something in a very, very matter of fact way that there is no disputing. And so the name has been coined Proclamation Jared is when Jared is, that's when you know he's past buzzed, but not shit faced. Correct. Correct. So, and I think that's where you were that night. I was at Proclamation Jared stage there. Yes. And I I dare say that you also were growing tired of the the whining. You just chose not to necessarily intervene. I think that's accurate because I, qu- quite honestly, as I just said a, a minute ago, I think of the four, I probably tried to kiss at least two of them Yeah, that night. Like oh. maybe not right at midnight, two of them, like at one time, but I definitely was like, okay, like it's going to be midnight. So yes, I was definitely growing tired of it. And so out of these four ladies, three of them were attractive ladies that I at one point or, or another had either wanted to date or found attractive and whatnot. So as I reached the point of enough is enough with the whining. And it was enough. It was enough. Mm-hmm. I put an end to it. I cut off the whining and said, all right, listen, I've had enough of this. You guys are complaining about nothing. You're hot. You're hot. You're hot. And then I got to the fourth girl. And as we discussed, I was already pretty drunk at that point. But my head still could not convince myself to say, you're hot, to this fourth girl. Proclamation Jared, does again, can't be disputed. So it became... You're hot, you're hot, you're hot, and you're attractive. There was a little more of a pause, though. There was more of a pause. It was a long pause. The the gears were turning. (laughs) I also feel like maybe you had a little bit of indigestion when you said it. Like the way that you were holding your head, if I remember. Like I was choking back even saying attractive. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. So, okay, that is definitely one of my favorite Jared memories. Let's see. God, I mean, we literally have so many of these dumb stories. But like there's one other thing that I want to touch on from our – at this point, this is post-college. We did live together in college, you and I. We were roommates for a year off campus. Until we found a giant spider. Well, yeah. I mean, we literally, these spiders were so, you guys, these spiders were so big. We had to move out of the apartment. We had to basically like vacate what, like four months in advance of our lease. Yes. I mean, they were, it was an infestation and that's like, I'm dramatic, but this was an infestation. They would be in the bed when you would sleep. They would be on the back of the cat. Like they were literally everywhere and they were 
How big were they, Jared? Can, they were, we can say it on the count of three because I know we're going to use the exact same description. One, two, three. Size, size of, of a deck, deck of, of cards. cards. They were the biggest spiders. And I don't know if you remember this or not. They didn't die easily. No. We would use all sorts of stuff trying to kill these stupid things. Remember, this was on the west side of Cincinnati near the old Fernald plant. Okay, so we lived together in college for a year. We took a lot of the same classes because we had the same majors. We were newspaper editors, student newspaper. newspaper editors. The Dateline. Yes, the Dateline, which is great. That was the first time I ever got to talk to Dane Cook. Little did I know, it would also be the last time that I talked to Dane Cook. More on that later. Fast forward to post-college, we end up moving in together. Probably out of, not that we didn't want to live together because it wouldn't be fun, but it was definitely driven by financial need as well. Correct. We were very poor. I don't, well, I shouldn't speak for you. I was very poor. I don't know if you were. My first job paid $18,000 in a year, and that's not a lot. So we moved into a three bedroom townhouse where I basically lived in a closet. You definitely had the smallest bedroom. I also had the smallest income, though, and the smallest piece of the rent. So it was you, myself, and now my current wife, Liz, my first wife, Liz. That's a whole separate thing. But we lived together for a whole, you know, for that year. This year worth of living together spawned, in my mind, a decade worth of stories. I mean, this was debauchery at its finest. When I look back at this period, it's always difficult for me to realize that it was only for one year. Yeah. There are so many stories that came out of that. And just thinking back on the time, it felt like it was a longer period of time in a good way. I mean, there were definitely some not good moments. I don't know about you. I didn't drink a ton in college. I know I just like gave a million stories about drinking. I didn't drink a ton in college. I know you drank in high school too. But this was like when I really got it on with the drinking. Like I was, I don't know why. I don't know if it was like, I don't really know why, but I probably should have died a couple times that year that we lived there from either drinking and driving, which is terrible, just over drinking. But it was a really, really fun year. So one of my favorite nights of that year though, was when my youngest brother turned 21. Yes. So he's the baby in our family. He's four years younger than me. Hey, Bobby um, Ryan. Hey, Bobby Ryan. The, the midnight, the night that he turned, well, so I guess the, yeah, midnight, the day that he turned 21, we took him to a local casino. I was playing $5 slot machines like I had money and happened to hit a jackpot of $2,500. Which means we hit a jackpot. We all hit a jackpot. So instead of saving it to pay off some of the debt that I had incurred, uh, of course, it went to that weekend's festivities. So the next day was like, this is actually just this one day feels like it was like a week. I dare say this one day you are about to describe might just be the most eventful day of my life. Yeah. You know, in a period of 24 hours, if you, yeah, a hundred percent, the most eventful day, my brother went to a different school, the one that was turning 21 that we played in football, our school, our college, even though we had both graduated. So we decided to go back and watch that homecoming football game as part of the day's festivities and started tailgating at what, eight o'clock in the morning? Had to be. Maybe. Had Maybe. To be. And of course, because we didn't have any money, we started drinking before we went to the tailgate. Then we went to the tailgate, met up with our neighbor, whose son also played football there, threw back a ton of jello shots, got even more hammered. <laughs> I think we snuck alcohol in. I'm also sure, I'm into sure the game. we did. Yeah. Left at halftime to go back out to the car to get more alcohol. Refill. Yeah. So two things happened that are very important here. One, I had to poop. So I hightailed it into campus, like uh, across campus and went to use the bathroom. So I come back from using the bathroom and come to the parking garage and find Jared. I find Liz about four EMTs and four police officers easily. 
for. Easily. So, I mean, lights, the whole thing, the whole thing. The game's starting again. There's all this like going on in the garage. And I'm, I probably was stumbling. We make it back over. And what had happened is that Jared had hit the low clearance beam. Yeah. You were just trying to be like, so, so I was, I was trying as, as many do when you're, when you're walking through a parking garage, there's typically that clearance beam and who hasn't thought of jumping up and touching that clearance beam? Because why not? Why, why would never, you not? I've never thought of that, to be honest. So I, I thought it was a good opportunity for me to show my ups, yeah. as the kids would always say. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, I must have grasped on to the overhang. Mm-hmm. And perhaps my size helped to pull the, <laughs> it loose. And it happened to drop down and graze uh, Liz across the head. And... Was it a graze? I am steadfast that it was a graze. Okay. I mean, that was a pretty heavy concrete divider. So if it had been anything other than a graze, I think that would have caused some serious damage. What I do remember is the evaluation for a concussion, which I do not know would have happened for a graze. But, you know, I wasn't there. Prove it. Yeah, I wasn't there. So what and the EMTs and the police officers are, I mean, I like walked into the scene of cops. Like it was like. It was like an episode of Cops. For for about fifteen minutes there, I felt like Bobby Brown. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, we they had divided Liz and I, and even a, even in my inebriated state, I could hear them asking questions of her, like, you know, has has he injured you before? Uh, do you do you feel safe with him? I think that she said that they even asked first, like, do you know this man? Yes. Yes. Because that, I remember her telling me that she said she remembered saying, yeah, he, he's my roommate, and then that turned into like the, do you feel like has this happened? And we yeah. are in no way making like domestic violence is obviously a very very severe issue. This was though, I mean, taken. This was pretty blown out of proportion. It was taken a lot to the extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we decided that we're going to leave the game after the near concussion. Yeah, it was a good time to get out of Dodge. And we left, went back to our amazing townhouse, took a nap. I remember, took a nap. The 7412. The best, the best. And took a nap, woke up, just then headed to our local watering hole, if you will, uh, where we were having a 21st birthday celebration. This should not have, this should not, none of, a lot of this should not have happened. What What is about, like, there was just so much stuff that happened. So I remember my youngest brother was also playing in all of the, like, tailgating and the whatever, right? So he had been drinking all day too. I had been drinking, everyone had been drinking. We get to the bar and within... I don't know, the first hour, he is outside on the patio, on the deck, hanging over the railing, vomiting into the flat, like the landscaping. And he gets cut off. I don't, you, he did get cut off then. If you will recall, they came out to sing happy birthday to him yeah. yes. while he was in the process outside. Yes, yes. There were, vom- there were definitely vomits as part of the song, for sure. I'm not going to let him getting cut off ruin my good time. No. Like one of my favorite things in the world at this point in my life was definitely turning 21 every time I knew somebody that turned 21 turned 21. Like I really just loved getting really, really drunk. Yeah. If if you imagine wedding crashers, but for people turning 21, that was kind of how we operated. That was it. So – you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and I think this is what happened, we just kind of let him go outside, I feel like. He's kind of like sat there maybe for a while. To be fair and to, uh, 
you know, give ourselves a little bit of an out. There were several of his good friends there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how so, many people were there? 20, 25? There was a large in portion our party, I mean. of people there. Yeah. So it wasn't quite uh, us just Mm-mm. giving up on him. We were allowing him to continue his night with his friends while we continued our night uh, yeah, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I'm just going to speculate here. I think maybe he had drank before. Like, I don't think this was his first time Yeah, drinking. that probably was not his first time drinking. He was in a fraternity. I remember that. That's true. So uh, we kind of left him. You know, we didn't abandon him. We just yeah. kind of like couldn't be bothered with him. We had right. uh, We had more to do. Yeah. So, and don't forget, like, we have the jackpot in our pocket. Yeah. Like, we're shutting this place down. Small town baller, baby. And this was our bar. It was uh, on a normal week, thanks to Capital One. This week, thanks to Hollywood Casino. As much as someone can be a VIP at a bar in Greendale, Indiana. Yes. We were VIPs in Greendale, Indiana. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to sing happy birthday to just anybody and do the birthday march. Okay, so we keep drinking, obviously. We're having a great time. It's really, really fun. I had this thing, you'll probably remember this, where I would get very drunk and I would not be able to feel my lips or my mouth. So I would keep drinking and the liquid would roll down my, down my chins and onto the shirt. If we could find photos of you in that era, you always knew at what point in the evening Mm -hmm. the photo was taken based on how much liquid was on Logan's shirt. I mean, because by the end of the night, it was basically like a wet t-shirt contest. Yeah. So instead of a five o'clock shadow, it was like a a 12 a.m. drip. And I remember from these pictures specifically, I was like covered by the end of the night. Yeah. So I'm going to let you tell the most epic shot that I did that night. Yes. And then we'll get to the end of this story. Yes. So our our, our favorite bartender at the time, knowing that, that Logan was needing just pushed right over the edge to the very end, brought him out one final final shot late that night. And we all gathered around, uh, you know, knowing what shot he was going to have to endure. And as she presented it to him, he gave it the the sniff test just to, to see just, just, you know, how – difficult this was going to be i my stomach is i it turned when you said that like i still know exactly what it felt like when i and he he sniffed and he said oh no i I, oh god i can't do it and uh he may have been his manhood may have been challenged yep by a few of us i think it was um maybe me i I, I may have said something in any event his manhood was challenged and he he decided he was going to rise to the occasion and he downed that shot and he said, it burns, it burns. Oh my God. It, uh, I can, it's burning now. Yeah. And, uh, that was when we revealed that, uh, it was water. It was, it was, it was a water shot. It did burn to be fair though. Cause I had had a lot of shots already. This even reliving this story makes me challenge your manhood again. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I don't need to prove it to you. So the night in, it, it was just like one epic thing after another. We had a hotel that was like, what, half a mile from there? Yeah, it took we, a couple round trip car trips. I was going to gonna say, there. it was almost like a parking shuttle because we had, many of us had driven to the bar, but none of us were in a place to drive from the bar besides two people. Yes. And so it was almost like a shuttle, right? That would run bar to hotel, drop off, back to bar, pick up, you know. Correct. Until everybody was there. So when I say we had a hotel, what I mean is we had a hotel room, room. for about all 25 people. No S on room. That were in, that were there with us. So we had, it was a two double bed room. I remember saying uh, that I was going to get at least one of the bed spots because I was paying for the room, which was in my name because I'm an adult. There were a lot of people in the bed. I don't remember how many. There were a lot. There were a lot. A lot. And then a lot of people on the floor and then a lot of people in the other bed. And you got hungry, I feel like, 
when you were there? As people do, you've had a night of drinking, a long, long day of drinking, and somewhere in the neighborhood of 3 a.m., perhaps, you get a little hungry and, you know, the vending machine pretzels just aren't going to cut it, especially when you recall that right across the street is a 24-7 diner with the most delicious diner food. It actually is really good. It is really good. I would plow through a big Howie right now. Yes. So myself and a couple of other uh, mates decided we would run across the street for a middle of the night snack. And and I should... was my brother, right? The one He sprung back to life at this yes, point. Yes, he had sprung back mm-hmm. to life. And uh, I should point out that when I say run across the street, what I mean is run across a four-lane US 50 highway. With a turn lane, though, too. With a turn so lane. Five so lanes. five lanes, technically. Mm-hmm. And when I say run, you know, that's the loosest use of the word run. But in any event, a few of us go over to the diner, have a have a nice meal. I'm sure I had a breakfast meal because I just love breakfast food from a diner. And then it was time to return back to the hotel. What happened, Jared, when you got back? Did I mean, were you locked out? I uh, Yeah, so I, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I was left stranded outside of the hotel. That's correct. And... Because in my inebriated state, I thought, well, I can't go through the main entrance and potentially let them discover that there is a room filled with 25 hammered people from the ages of 20 to 24. I tried to get through the side door to no luck. I tried to make noise against the window behind for for somebody to try to come come out and no luck there. Mm -hmm. I remember you beating on the window, actually. I do remember that. And I remember not getting up out of bed. So really what ends up happening is your fault. Oh, yes. That's pretty much how I would take this. So it's a, it says this – as I'm trying to get back into the hotel that I realize that uh, nature is calling. Number Is it number one or number two? It would be number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So if you've never been to Howie's Diner before, anybody could have predicted this. This is very correct. Uh, so getting back into the hotel proved fruitless and nature took its course. <laughs> yeah. Shall yes. we say mm-hmm. on the sidewalk, on the sidewalk. And at some point or another, someone decided they would finally let me back into the hotel. So I made my way back into the room and nu- nuzzled up on the carpet on the floor, fell asleep for a while. And then morning came and I remember waking up very early to Jared laying on the floor, maniacally laughing. I mean, it was was maniacal. They were belly laughs. It was maniacal. And I remember multiple people in the room saying, what? Like what is like what is so funny? What like what are you laughing at? And you didn't answer anyone for the first couple times. And then, you know, it escalated and escalated, and your answer finally came out as You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. So we check out of the room. Again, going out the side door mm-hmm. so as to avoid suspicion. Yeah, you, we can't take that parade through the lobby. No. And get outside only to reveal, I mean, I have to say is it maybe the most substantial pile of human shit I've ever seen in my life on the sidewalk. It looked like a dinosaur had stopped by during the night. And immediately I was pissed at you. Uh, furious. Furious. And I believe that we actually had to ride home in the same car. We did, because the entire ride home, the oft-repeated phrase was, somebody has to clean that up. And you know who wasn't that somebody? Uh, me. Yeah. So somebody who was probably making $6 an hour as a housekeeper had to go out and clean up your big Howie <laughs> diner shit pile from the hotel room that was in my name. So yes, this 
this absolutely is the one time in the history of 20 plus years of friendship that I was furious with you. Legit furious. Legit furious. Like, I don't think we probably didn't talk for like a, a week. The 7412 was a uh, f- was yeah. a little frosty. It was tense for, for a while. For a couple of days. Yeah. Okay, so that was like, you know, fall. We lived there till like the next spring, I think. At that point, like, you know, moved on to like our own things. Uh, I ended up moving to Chicago. Ironic for Bobby Rollins. And, you know, we've stayed in touch and, and hung out the whole time since. So um, any other – do you have any like other big – I know we could literally, like I said, sit and do this forever because we have so many stupid stories. And uh, But like is there anything uh, – any other big story that you would like to bring up before I move on to asking for your advice and inputs? I think the, the ones that always still stand out to me all the time are the wrestling stories because I feel like – all of the big moments that I was a part of, you were a part of. You know, we, we've gone to three WrestleManias. We, we experienced the one in uh, Dallas, yep. which was incredible. Incredible. Incredible experience there. Tor- I mean. Toronto, the cleanest city in the world. I have to say, and I, and I will say this on record anytime, even if my wife is around, sitting ringside for The Rock versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18 is absolutely in like the top five moments of my life. And so, yes, you were absolutely there for that. You were there for my wedding, standing by my side. Like those are two of the top five. I Don't make me list the other three because I'd have to think for a while. But like two of the five, at least, you were there, at least. Yeah, that's the thing that has uh, really endured for us as friends is just that we've, if I think of really any impactful moment or memorable moment in my life, almost all of those you were a part of in some fashion. Wow. So I think that speaks to, you know, just how close we've been. And, and really that's with, for the, for the last many number of years living in completely different cities. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we make that work. Right. We make that work, work fine. You know, I love when, uh, you know, we get to experience a, a comedy show together we get to go, go do that. And we still have that bond that all these years later has gone through a lot of different things and we can connect pretty much any time as if there's never been a, any kind of break. Yeah. It sounds really dumb, but I'll just say it. it's like an honor to have you as my best friend. Seriously. I couldn't ask for anyone better. I think there are a lot of good things, but I love that you will give me advice and be honest with me <laughs> unless you know that I need to be enabled. And I think you do a really good job of making the distinction of he needs to hear the honesty or he needs for somebody to tell him that this is allowed. And that's huge to me because uh, a lot of times I need permission. And so then I can say, because Liz, trust your judgment that Jared thinks that this is a good idea. Switching gears to this podcast, you get the premise is that, you know, I'm trying to make new friends. You know this better than almost anyone else. Also, I like for people to like me. So I want to go out and meet new people, hear their stories, play some silly games, like do some nostalgic things and increase that friend network, baby. And so one of the things that I wanted to ask you was like, what advice do you have for me? Like on, let's start with the negatives maybe warning signs, red flags. What are things that potentially like to a new friend that I would do that might be like a little too much, right? Like sometimes I can be a lot. So, you know, I need like your help in navigating that and really just figuring out like, what are the things I should keep an eye out for as I embark on this, on this journey? Cause it's going to be a whole bunch of different types of people. Yeah, that's very true. I think you have certain ways you like to do things. Can you expand on that? Usually, usually it has to do with uh, cleanliness or mm. 
where things are placed. So, I, you know, I don't know for the podcast if that's going to be yeah. something you have to run into, but obviously... I'm open to new roommates if it's going to defray the cost. Well, right. So if any yeah. of these people become that great of friends and they're local, like, we have a spare room. Yeah, see, there you go. But, no, but that's that's valid, valid feedback. I am not the easiest person to live with. So if if you have a uh, a format that you want to follow, I think if, if somebody starts to get outside of that, that could, could rub you a little the wrong way. Yeah. I could, I could see that happening. Is there anything, though, that I do, like, where you're like, that's going to be really hard for people to handle like you need to tone this down like you like terrible music you like like you oh you do like terrible music sure i mean but i own that and i don't know if that's good or bad but like do i get attached too easily do i like i don't know i i I don't know i think your lack of sports knowledge can be a challenge you know that that is usually a bonding over uh you know some some very top level sports news or sports items for a lot of people so that could be a that could be a tough putt do you think that i could fake that or should i just let it go and and kind of i don't know that i'll fake it you can fake it on a a very superficial level but when somebody starts talking about the first baseman for the cubs wait is that chris bryan uh no (laughs) all right moving on there you go okay noted so try to stay away from sports so that they don't realize that that's a a void for me i i think you're gonna want these friendships to work out and you may Mm. get a little bit frustrated if they do not happen not to uh, joke again about the name but quickly enough if you notice chemistry might not be there right away. Yeah, I can see that. But I kind of want to capture that, right? Like, cause I don't, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like I said, I do want everybody to like me. I don't think it's necessarily though a bad thing if you're not like everyone's cup of tea. Yes. This is a, this is like a friend first date you're going to be going on. Absolutely. Yeah. And not every first date results in a second date. That's true. It's got to work for both people. Correct. But you're right. It will absolutely crush my soul. But I don't know if you can have a one night stand with a friend. How does that work? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm open. Okay. So no sports, sports void. Don't get too invested because it may not work out. You don't watch a lot of TV either. So nothing else. No more flags. I'm a, I'm a amazing friend. Like I'm a catch is what I'm hearing. I think you, uh, you adapt to a lot of different types of friends. Yeah. So if, if that is a transition into the good things. Yeah. 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 I think I love that segue. I love where you're going. You're, you know, you, you have brought me into friendships with people that I probably would not have been friends with them otherwise, Hmm. if not through you. Yeah. I think I'm trying to think of like the different, because you know that I like to keep separated, but I have at times let them over, uh, overlap slightly, usually if I can control it, but that's a separate thing too. So adapting, that's a good thing. Is, do I have like any great sell? Like, is there something I should lead with when I meet these people? You're always very genuine. You know, you're a pretty honest um, upfront. What you see is what you get type of person. So I think that's going to come across well with all of these people. You're not going to come off as someone putting on any kind of front or, you know, pretending to be something that they're not. I, I think, you know, you're you're always willing to kind of either be the butt of the joke or the, the joke teller in equal numbers. I don't mind being the butt of the joke. No. If it's a good joke. Yeah. I like a cheap pop. Okay. Anything else? Like All good. All good. So you're, you're support this journey for me. You're not worried that I'm going to replace you, obviously. How could you replace me? <laughs> That's true. That's true. So true. Well, do you want to, um, there's a, there's a segment that I want to do on the podcast that, um, I would love to like take on a test run with you right now, if you would be willing to play it. So Jared, anything I, for the podcast, any, okay. yeah, it's for the creative, but me being your best friend. How could I say no to helping 
launch this podcast in the appropriate way. Well, I mean, that's true. I, I did say no to trying a Big Mac. <laughs> okay. So what I have in my hand right now is um, something that I grew up spending a lot of time with uh, because of all of my girl cousins. It is a paper fortune teller. And so you may remember these are those little like origami things. And what I'm going to do is ask Jared to first pick a number. And based on the number that he picks, I will move the fortune teller that many times and ask him to pick a letter. And then when he picks the letter, I will unfold that piece of paper and tell him which color of the corresponding category cards I will be reading random questions for him to answer. All good? All good. Okay. So Jared, do you pick number... One, two, three, or four. As uh, Frau Shings would say, <laughs> I pick drei, number three. Oh, thank you. My German's a little rusty. So one, two, three. Do you pick A, B, C, or D? Let's go with D. So behind D is the color pink, which stands for choices. So again, this is from a board game, not a sponsor of this podcast, but a very fun board game called Ask Me Anything. Um, and I'm going to read from the pink card. So again, obviously, at any time, you can ask me questions, you can push back on the question. Well, you know, we'll just play by ear. Okay. Um, all right. I'm just going to pick them at random. So here we go. Uh, the first question is, what, <laughs> what movie title Best describes your sex life right now. Hmm. Much ado about nothing. <laughs> Amazing. You know what mine would have been? What? Gone in 60 seconds. It can be that for the rest of my life. All right. You, you win that round, Cummins. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you eat food that's past its expiration date? It depends on the food and depends on how long. Okay. So milk, if it's a couple days after. I'm sorry. I'm did you say milk? Milk. E, M-E-L-K. Okay. I will drink milk if it's a couple days after its expiration, but I'm not going to be too risky. So the next question, do you think that you're cool? Do I think that I'm cool? Yeah. Damn right I'm cool. Damn right. Good answer. If this was Family Feud, I would say good answer to good that. Good answer. What is the most useless thing that you know how to do? Wow. The most useless thing that I know how to do. Probably count to ten in German. Go on. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun, zehn. There you go. And what does that do for me? Not a damn thing. <laughs> what is one food that you could never give up? Man, tell you what, these are some hard-hitting Mike Wallace questions here. I think it would have to be pizza. Yeah. Pizza is so versatile. I never get sick of it. But, man, if I had to do without that, rough shape. Yeah. What's your go-to pizza these days? Are we talking uh, restaurant name? Yeah, yeah. Like, a pizza, like what do you, if, you have to, if you're ordering pizza in, what, what, where's your go-to? I know I've been on a Marco's kick. Mm, never had it. Very never good. Had, I've heard great things. Very good stuff. Now, obviously, when I'm visiting you, yeah. dif different story. Yeah. Where, and what is your preference there, Jared, if well, you're visiting Chicago? If Liz is listening to this, it is not Lou Malnati's. It is not Lou Malnati's. Uh, it is G Giordano's would be my go-to. And I learned that a very, very hard way, that we would not, we will never order Lou Malnati's when Liz is around again. Yeah. Now, obviously, my friend Lynn's is is shouting now at into the air about Pequod's. Oh, yes, yes, um, of course. Which I still have not had Pequod's, okay. so simmer, simmer down. are lens. missing out. We need to get that next time you're, next time you're up. Please yeah. put that on the list. On the list. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Man, the best piece of advice. Let's see. I've had multiple people tell me that you have to be the master of your own path and not afraid to 
to take control of what you want to do. And if you make the choice, then then it's yours. You just got to own it. I don't know how many how many of those I can fit into one <laughs> one answer, but they all kind of mean the same thing. This is the last and final question that I'll ask, and I think it's very fitting given this conversation. Who has the best on-screen bromance? Well, if we're talking all media, how could it not be you and I? That's a great point. I mean, we are the bromance to end all bromances. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. How I can't rank anybody above you and I. Beat that that's 20 fair. some years all yeah. you people out there. I'm going to go with the second place. It is um, Jake Peralta and Charles Boyle from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Everybody needs a Charles Boyle. And I know that you don't watch that. So that's the wisdom that I'll leave with. To give you a a second place that I'm sure you don't watch, (laughs) who doesn't love Rick Grimes and Daryl Dixon on The Walking Dead? I don't even know. I don't even know who those people are. That is one of your challenges. (laughs) All right. How many seasons of that? The 10th season just wrapped up. It's too many. I don't even have cable now. We don't have preems. No preems at our house. Jared, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you for the advice. Thank you for the watchouts. More importantly, thank you for 20 plus years of amazing stories, which we barely scratched the surface on. I mean, there are so many things from like the Popov experiments, which nobody will get, to Palomino Girl, to so many things. And honestly, it's been a blast. Let's tell people where they can find you if they want to follow you and try to steal and move in on on my friendship with you. I am not the most creative person when it comes to uh, social media handles. So you can find me at Jared Rollins on both Twitter and Instagram. J or if, if I was Jeff Jared, I would say it's J A double R O D R O double L I N S. Yep, just one word. And just you're on Instagram word. and Instagram Twitter. and Twitter. Yes, those are the best spots to reach me. Awesome. And one of my favorite things about Jared on social was that he always blows my shit up. I love a good retweet. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out. Maybe we can do this again when we get into more of the episodes and like we can revisit and kind of see how things are going and I can get your feedback and have you help me score some of the relationships I formed. Yeah, I'm honored that uh, that you had me on. I'm looking forward to seeing how your uh, journey goes here. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Don't forget to tune in next week for an all new Fast Friends podcast.